Super Friends with Eric Esquivel. All right, Super Friends, welcome back. Today we have a very special episode. Uh, this is our last episode. Meltdown's actually closing down, and you can hear the sounds of weeping children all around us. We're recording in Meltdown as they close. And I'm joined today by someone I'm very happy to have. Who are you, sir? Uh, my name's Steve Levy, and I, I, I do a bunch of different things. But you I do. guess uh, we met because I produce Dan Harmon's podcast, Harmontown. Yeah, yeah, that's not all you do, too. You're an executive producer on the Talking Morty, or the Ricky Morty, Ricky yeah, Morty, I right? Did. As yeah. well. <laughs> which I'm a big fan of. It's sort of like in the vein of the Talking Dead, which is why I said Talking Morty. Yeah, that show, well, it happened. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I work with Dan and produce a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like Good Game. You produce around that, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, sure. I mean, unfortunately, it got canceled or shelved after the first season, but not. It wasn't really our fault. So yeah, we. They can't I control we made that. a really great show, but YouTube, you know, they uh, they had some early issues. I guess whatever. That's the theme of the show: is things closing down and getting canceled. You can't control that stuff, man. All you can do is do your best and create the best product you can, and that lives forever. It'll be around. If a meltdown as a memory that we have of this great place and your show, like that's always going to be on YouTube, right? Or people have seen it and like, yeah, whatever. And yeah, also- no, it's all, all good, all good experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved, loved working on that show and and making it. It was a great team. Um, you do a lot. You also uh, can you talk about art prison at all. Can you talk about that? I, uh, I don't. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, art <laughs> prison is a uh, pilot we shot for Adult Swim, which was. Really, it was a lot of fun. It stars Randall Park. Uh, I don't know if we don't know if it's gonna yeah, move forward or not. But we, you know, we had a blast. Again, things out of your control. You yeah, can, you can't help it. Yeah, so you're an interesting guy. You're actually one of Variety's top ten assistants to watch. <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> oh Steve. Oh boy. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. For for listeners at home, there's this ongoing joke of you being like Hollywood Steve. Yeah. What what is that about? Tell us the origins of that. <laughs> um. So my friend Michael Waldron, um, he's a r- really great writer, uh, and he he collaborates with us a lot. And he's also uh, a Starburns employee. He, he ran development there. Um, uh, he got a hold of my Facebook. He got a hold of my phone <laughs> one day and like was bored while we were in a meeting or something. And um, he ch- he wrote my a Facebook status that was really like. Just awful. Like, it wasn't. <laughs> it's like Bret Easton Ellis level, like narcissist. It, the first one was American like, Psycho. like um, I can't remember exactly, but it was like you know making deals. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk uh, agents and 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 films. Points and on the back end. Points on the back end. Yeah, and and IP. And he's like, you can't spell VIP without IP. <laughs> like hashtag Hollywood Steve. Just the most douchey LA stuff of all time. Yeah, it's, it was. It was perfect, and it's so not your personality that it, everybody like <laughs> crap themselves laughing. Well, it, yeah, it became a runner. Like he. Every Is it chance, always him? Every yeah, every chance he got, he he would make a new status, and he checks me in, checked in at the Hollywood sign, checked in at the Chateau Marmont, <laughs> like you know, just like. How does he have your password? He doesn't. He it's just like he'll because ha- we are always working together. My phone is always around. Sure, it's, sure. it's passworded, but I'm sure he knows the password by now. But he <laughs> he just goes right into my Facebook and and just makes a status. That's so funny. But then it became. I mean, it, it's tough because. There are people who, you know, like from high school or something that I I don't talk to as much anymore <laughs> yeah, or, I just think you or family members who don't understand. And it's like there are people who are like unironically liking those Aww, posts. And like supporting and you. Like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, we don't understand anything you're saying, uh, but g- good good for you. G- go, yeah. And then it's like, oh, man. like. So where are you from, Steve? I'm from New Jersey. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's not super Hollywood douchey over there? No, but we're like. 30 minutes from the city, gotcha. from New York City, gotcha. the city. Um, there's no other city. <laughs> from city. that one city. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of douchey people, I guess, in New York. Sure, sure. So how did you get your start in entertainment? I know you worked on, like, iCarly and Tosh.0 and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I graduated college. I already had a job. When, in my senior year, I got hired to, like, run a video department for a content company in South Florida. So I stayed in South Florida. That means porn, after. right? A content company in South Florida. No, just it was porn. it was a lot of like small commercials, um, nonprofit videos, gala oh, videos. The opposite of porn, it's like actually. yeah, it's like corporate videos. Okay, um, but th- we had fun with them. Um, but so I, I I was there for like six months, and then uh, 
a friend of mine. I told everyone I wanted to work on iCarly because my sister's 10 years younger than me, and uh, she would watch iCarly all the time. And I thought, well, that show looks like it could be a fun time. That's pretty adorable. You want to impress your sister? <laughs> well, I enjoy. I enjoyed watching it with her, and it seemed like a silly, easy, because I grew up on Nickelodeon, and I went, mm-hmm. like, wouldn't it be cool if... Uh, like you could work in that environment first. Sure, uh, sure. So I told everyone, yeah, I mean, ideally, I'd work on iCarly. That seems like a fun place That's to start. That's a really interesting goal to have. For like a year, I yeah. told everyone. And then my friend Heather, um, she worked on Rock of Ages with an assistant director who okay. was going to L.A. from South Florida to work on iCarly, the final scene of, season of iCarly. And I interviewed with her, and she took me <laughs> from Miami to... <laughs> To L.A., and I got my first job in Hollywood. That's amazing. And was your goal always to be a producer? Or what is, what is no. your end goal? My, I, well, I guess to, yeah, be a producer. Okay. Um, but when I first moved out here, I thought, oh, okay, I want to be a director or something. Oh, cool. and I, I would like kind of shadow the directors. And mm-hmm. multicam sitcom directing, it might not be the most fulfilling job, but it seemed really fun and, mm-hmm. and definitely, you know, lucrative yeah yeah because um, hollywood steve is all about the back-end profits and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't think those directors are getting any back-end but <laughs> uh yeah so I, but they're getting back-end but it's I, not that kind of back-end jeez oh, um but i love entertainment and i love comedy and i just i knew i wanted to work in hollywood mm-hmm. uh so i think really how i got to where i am was through um just yes anding like as soon as i carly finished uh my friend was like do you want to pa on tosh and i was happy to pa and just mm-hmm. any any you know it's hard enough to make money in this town especially doing the thing that you want to be doing sure and for our, our uh, listeners in jersey who have no idea what a pa is a uh, production assistant yeah 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 so that's, that's <laughs> like the bottom of the totem pole uh they're the people that are very vital to production they, they help everybody but Running they're not super like duper like prestigious a, yeah you're making like minimum wage they're like red shirts in star trek you sure, need them. Yeah. They're vital, but but they get killed. They're a lot. expendable. Yeah. 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 You never know who's gonna get fired or mm-hmm. hired next. Um, yeah. So uh, I like that you went from iCarly to Tosh Point It seems like a, a cultural shift. Yeah. Well, it's I don't, it it's probably more on the same side of the coin than you think because both are based on like internet sensation. Like you know, like iCarly is like an internet. It was an internet based show. Oh, okay. Within a show, I have no they, idea. they filmed this little show. It's gotcha. like it, it's like a viral thing, and then Tosh Pino makes fun of viral videos. Both oh, are okay. also Viacom shows. Oh, funny, funny. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine from college hit me up. Hey, I'm we're in need of a PA, and uh, can you work? And I was like, it was like the week after iCarly went down. I was like, of course. I just got lucky. Um, so I worked on uh, Tosh for until their hiatus, and then uh, tried to find something else. I, I ended up working at Jerry Bruckheimer Films. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God, that's incredible! Yeah, it sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that's cooler than my resume of like Hot Topic and Hagen Dazs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Hot Topic. Okay, well there you go. There's a lot of cool uh, Thank IP you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, merchandise in there. There is. It's very true. Yeah, very true. So yeah, I mean, uh, look. Bruckheimer was like a more of a te- tech job and a utility player. I worked in all the different departments. Um, and then a woman that I had trained there, she moved on to be an executive assistant for a uh, ex-record executive. Hmm. Um, this really great guy, Jerry Moss, who okay. um, started A&M Records with his partner, Herb Alpert, in the 60s. Hmm. And uh, they signed some really great people. And... Um, he was just kind of retired, had an office in Beverly Hills, and I um, went and did, like, technology work there hmm. <laughs> and, and like, set up all their emails and computers and iPads and whatever devices, really. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah, it's not, you know, I had I got out of the business for, like, a year. Oh, and he was like, look, I don't want to hold you back from doing entertainment, so why don't you get a job and work with me, like, once a week in my house? Hmm. Um and that's where I learned. <laughs> I learned how to. Uh, he had a home electronic system I had never seen before. Super fancy and like, uh, like really cool. Like it controlled everything you could possibly imagine on like an iPad screen. Um, and 
Dan told me a year and a half after working for him that the only reason he hired me was because I had home electronic <laughs> experience. That's so great. That's so great. So, so, that, so Dan Harmon is who you're talking about. You and I actually met because you produced the Dan Harmon podcast. Yeah, Harmon yeah. Town, yeah, if we hadn't already said that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Not, and, and, uh, yeah, that's how we met. Um, so... Yeah, I mean that's kind of my. I I got a job after uh, I working in acquisitions for a streaming service, and then four months after that, I got the offer to work for Dan, and I I jumped ship to work on Community. That's cool. I, I awesome. love Community. That's great. So you met Dan uh, just from like a how how did you find about the job? Oh, uh, so my one of my best friends from college. I, I, there's a there's a theme here. Uh, all, all 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 of my female friends were just trying to get me hired everywhere. Apparently, uh, <laughs> that's nice. No, she, so make she, lady friends. I mean, she um she was working out like uh, training uh, Dan's personal as, uh, assistant. Okay, the uh, Daniela who uh, was with him for years before me. Gotcha. Um, and she was looking to leave. She couldn't find a good candidate, and my friend gave her my resume, and then she interviewed me. Were you a fan of the community? Before that? I hadn't seen it. That's really interesting. Yeah. I hadn't seen Community or Rick and Morty. Oh, wow. But well, I loved... Rick and Morty was around by then? That was... The first season, okay, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, had just come out. Or hmm. within like a year gotcha, prior. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so my first day working for Dan was my first day in Community. Interesting. And as soon as I got there, I asked Sony if they could send me a binder of every episode on DVD. Mm-hmm. And for the first, like, two or three weeks, in, like, in between doing all my tasks for Dan, I was just binging. <laughs> like, just doing your homework? one by one, putting, a, a like, every episode on disc. So there are, like, hundreds of discs. Yeah. And I would just put, yeah, put them in my computer, watch it. And I'd be, like, laughing out loud in the office. And then people started picking up on what was happening, like, in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. Because my desk was right outside the writer's room. Um they were so excited. Like, they realized, like, oh, my God, this guy's experienced community oh, for the first cool. time. And they, like, kind, kind of got to, like, re-experience it through me again. Like, oh. they were like, did you get to this episode? That's great. How do you feel about this thing? What was that? What, what made you laugh? Hmm. Um, so it was... I, I mean, I fell in love with that show instantly. It's like a really cool experience. And, and you then, and Dan have like worked together pretty tightly after that. Like you're now developing stuff for Starburns. And, yeah, yeah. And, I've been with Dan almost four years now. That's so cool. Yeah, you're like the Jimmy Olsen of the the, the Starburns <laughs> pantheon. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It, who's the lowest lane? Uh, Spencer. Oh, okay. Spencer Hunt. No questions asked. That's Spencer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart is for Spencer, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, because I used to love Harmontown. I would go every week at Meltdown Comics. Yeah. And uh, and that's where actually you and I met when uh, Dan had his anti-Superman tirade. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. On stage, and it like developed into me like crying in the audience, like, like no. And he brought me up, and we talked about my love and his hatred of Superman. And then then I connected with you afterwards to keep that dialogue going and that's now flourished for a while like we've become like kind of friendly yeah i remember co-workers. going like hey uh i got an email from eric he do you remember him oh yeah, yeah okay good <laughs> um he uh he has an idea like he wants to bring lex to uh, a one-off lex idea to, to dc and he was like let's do it yeah yeah so we pitched that and it wasn't the right time for it it was a great idea uh, but they had other things in the fire. So right. it's now it evolved into our own thing, which is called Gregory Graves, which is now coming out on May 5th from Free Comic Day. And that's cool. And uh, Dan and I have pitched around town with you in the room before at various yeah. other things. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's been really cool. So it's been nice. Uh, Everything came full circle for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I pitched a, yeah, we pitched a thing that was very similar to that uh, around town. We can't really talk about it too much. but Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but it was, it was fun. But if you're interested in the... The original, so what what was a Lex Luthor idea and is now yeah, a, which grew into a bigger, more creator-owned original idea. Yeah, exactly. It's now Gregory Graves. Yeah, which was produced uh, through SBI Press mm-hmm. at Starburns uh, under the St- Simon Ores, uh vision, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a big contributor to it. Simon was the editor and had a lot of ideas. And yeah, it's a all comics are collaborative. So Simon and, and Dan and I kind of jammed together to create that, and that was yeah, a lot of fun. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Superman is the topic of the podcast generally. Right, and yeah. that's So that's how I met Dan. I, you and I, weirdly, because of all these meetings and stuff, haven't really talked that much about the Superman mythos. What are your feelings <sighs> on the character? When you were a kid, were you into him? So when I was a kid, my favorite superheroes were Spider-Man and Batman, and mm-hmm. I was definitely like, there's a dichotomy there. You're either... you, you, you 
you either love Superman or you hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, it was like I love Batman. He's just a regular guy. I'm one of those guys. But super and Superman is just overpowered. Like, and then I, you know, I'd get in arguments with my friend. Like, I remember my friend Mike Gohari when I got to college. He was my roommate. He was like, "What are you saying? Batman could not take out Superman in a fight. It would never happen, never." And I was like, "But if you read the books, <laughs> it's not the case." Nerd alert. And, and all Gohari would say would be, "He pick he could pick up a mountain and drop it on him." Yeah, End yeah, of yeah. story. Yeah, That's yeah. it. He could take a mountain and yeah, yeah, yeah. He could just do one thing and and there's there's no argument. So as a kid, I disliked Superman, but I when I got older, um, and I got into more of the Justice League stuff, mm-hmm. um, in my early twenties, I like really binged the Justice League animated series. Oh, cool, the Bruce the, Tim, and, yeah, and the Unlimited series, and mm-hmm. I was just like. Oh man, I fucking I love this. Why do you think that there is that that natural pull to either the no powers guys or the crazy powered guys? Like, because clearly no one is like Superman in real life. There's no one that's invulnerable with heat vision and and born like, ice godly. breath and yeah, yeah all that stuff. X-ray vision and, and yeah. super super uh, ventriloquism was a thing from the 60s that they had. <laughs> uh, so why do you think that's a pull for certain people that they love that that the overpowered characters as you describe them? I mean, I guess it's I, it could, maybe it's as simple as like f- for the non-powered characters. It's like well, that could be. Maybe that could be me. Maybe yeah. I could have that strength one and, day. It's that's not an, outlandish. That's an easy marketing. Pull. I could be a vigilante. I could put a cape and cowl on and get super buff and like, yeah, yeah. and and maybe f- fight bad guys. That's why they're boring to me. Because I could right. never but be Green Lantern. Yeah, and, that, and that's the other side of, the, of yeah. that dichotomy is like, I I want what I can't have. Of I I love Superman because look at all this crazy shit he can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sort of feel like there's a. F- a fear of power too at least with me like i don't know if if i had superman level abilities that i would be the man clark Kent is still like i i hope to god that i would have the strength to pull myself back and bring myself in but i don't know if i could so that restraint that he has is interesting to me right and i don't know if that's what other fans of the character are into as well like the idea that if you could do anything what are the things you choose to do yeah it's very important because he's an upstanding citizen, American citizen, and always doing the right thing, and very, you know, just an incredibly moral yeah. guy. And there's like losses that he incurs because of that that are really intense. And yeah. like, see, because with Batman, if he had Superman level powers, I think he'd be a fascist dictator. I think he would like stop out crime with his fists. Oh yeah. I think he would like just rip the president out of the Oval yeah, Office. Yeah, it would become like. Uh, it would become like a dictatorship. Yeah, where yeah. It's just a. A dystopian people getting laser beamed from like a <laughs> Sauron tower as soon as any crime was yeah. committed. Like, I think if you jaywalked, you would break your leg, so you'd never forget not to do it again. Right? Yeah. And, and like <laughs> the kind of man he is isn't as exciting to me as the kind of man that Clark is. Does that make sense? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I see. It, I see it both ways. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, but, but I did. I. I mean, I. I do love Superman, and mm-hmm. I. At that point, uh, I bought it was like i hadn't read all-star superman and uh i i I, you know i just bought all the classic Mm -hmm. superman books and all like the jla 90s collection which is hilarious because it's like the blue superman uh, yeah with the mullet and yeah yeah yeah. the best (laughs) um yeah i I wish i could remember more about all those books that i read i mean i remember loving them and going like yeah okay this makes sense to me i do like clark and i do like bruce and i like how they're kind of they're bros, but they're they can be very combative. And the thing that I do and that I love most about because because my my love of comic books kind of started with Batman. So for for my favorite thing ended up becoming like when Superman and Batman either are fighting together or mm-hmm. are fighting each other. Okay. Um, and I I can't remember the books that it happened in exactly. Um, but I think maybe like there was a there was a comic in hush maybe where yeah yeah where superman get goes crazy because something maybe poison ivy was poison ivy yeah yeah she yeah. gets him yeah he's covered in, vi- in vines and he has like the red eyes and right he's, really he's terrifying. just he's just fucking lighting it up yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and bruce has to t- you know crack open his uh kryptonite stash and, <laughs> and 
save Clark and the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought the choices DC makes with Superman to remind the readers and uh, that he's kind of an atomic bomb, mm-hmm. but for the world, mm-hmm. uh, that's the most interesting stuff for me, where he just can... It's like, yeah, he... he He's incredibly moral, but he's also a ticking time bomb. I, either a rage bomb of his own accord, like sure. in an injustice, mm. or because someone uh, convinces him, some or someone gets poisons him, like poison ivy, or like uses brainwashing or something. Yeah. You know, and I think for at least the last twenty years, he's been used as a plot device. Like what you're saying, he's the ticking clock, yeah, ticking time bomb in the story. Or he's uh, an obstacle for Batman and the Justice League to surmount. Or he, he's like behind the scenes in injustice. He's definitely like less of a character and more of just a force of nature. Right. And that's really interesting to me. Uh, we were talking off off the air a little bit about how like Superman is this thing that just exists. It feels like like you can make comics about him or video games about him or movies about him, but it feels like it's this thing that's like outside of all of those mediums. Like we're just yeah. yeah there's so much mythology there, and and it's like what I was saying is I I didn't really do my homework to come on your show. I apologize. No, this I'm, is great. I'm, I'm, but um, I'm sorry if I'm a bad guest. No, no. Uh, uh, That's very Dan Harmon of you, though. It's rubbing <laughs> off on you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was. Uh, <laughs> you can start playing Minecraft. And... No, definitely not. <laughs> um, but, but the you know, I, I don't remember all the mythology. I wish, I wish I did because you have, like, sort of an encyclopedic knowledge of all the characters, not just Superman, even though, you know, he's your favorite, mm-hmm. um, is that... It's it's kind of the emotional feeling mm-hmm. of the stories when you're reading them, or like when you think about the character in relation to you, or the other characters that they're uh, the story put in stories with. I, you know, that's that's the thing that matters most. I think for 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 everybody is like, yeah, that that's a character I resonate with, or that I feel good about. Think like, and when I when I think about Superman, I you know, I feel happy or at ease or something sure sure like or it it makes me remember a time a better time or Mm -hmm. a a worse time but i at least i had superman or yeah you know the the worst time let's talk about that does that feel like well i mean so i guess the time where i was binging just justice league cartoons Mm -hmm. i i I probably crushed the animated batman animated series (laughs) and and then and batman beyond and then went into so good <laughs> I love Terry McGinnis. Me too. Um, I, I I started watching JLA, and then I fell in love with all of those characters, all of them. I, I love Diana. I uh, like Shaira. Like Hawkgirl might be my was probably my favorite. That is awesome. At, out of all the heroes, that's the one that you chose. She's great. She because she has like the coolest arc in that show. Mm-hmm. She gets banished from. The Justice League essentially because yeah. uh, uh, um, the the Thanagarians like come and like try to take over Earth and mm-hmm. there's and then she's pinned in the middle and Hawk Man is there mm-hmm. right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she was like an, an early invasion scout or like a spy right but she didn't fulfill her end of the yeah of the job that's and, a really good twist for the character and then she was, like has and, a... and then yeah and then she gets rid of the helmet and mm-hmm. then she comes back in unlimited after like we lose her somewhere at the end of the justice league series. And then she has this amazing romance with John Stewart. And then she has this incredible arc with Salman Grundy where like, she's like comforting him when he, he like sacrifices himself for, for the universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really touching. I was like, I, out of I, all I, characters, I, Salman I, Grundy. I, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen that show, look, it's a little slow in the beginning and the animation is maybe a little cheap for the time, like, or, or in general for what we're used to. It's not Rick and Morty, but, and the, and, but the, the writing in terms of story is just, um, it's amazing. And the voice, and the voice acting is great. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and a pre Avengers world too, bringing all yes, these heroes yes. together into one show was very exciting as, as a kid. It, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, like it's, the, it's really the most successful execution that WB has ever done of their DC property. Yeah. And like they built them all up individually and then brought them together and then made it really like successful and fulfilling. And that's how you do it before Marvel did it with live action. Yeah. And I mean, you could read all the, graphic novels you want or the collections of the old justice league stuff but i i don't know that any of it ever 
resonated as much to me as that animated show. I really like Dwayne McDuffie, who wrote for a lot of those, those episodes, and he wrote the the animated version of All Star Superman too, the movie. Oh, and he created Milestone Comics. Cool, with, like section. I and... see. I have a hard time getting into those one off movies they've been doing because they've been so hit or miss. Oh, even sure. though some of them are like. Uh, Based on the uh, some of the best when they're great, they're great. New Frontier is I watch like once a week. Oh, really? That movie. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah. check that out. When they're great, they're great for sure. So you said like it was kind of in a worse time in your life when you were yeah, binging I those, mean, which I makes just, sense. Like, I had I had just moved to LA, um, and I didn't know too many people, and I was my first time like really living alone in a new place mm. entirely. Sure. And I was working, and I was exhausted, and I I was used to just like. I don't know, like working out and, and, and doing my work in Miami. And then here it was like, all right, now you're a PA. You're working 70 to 80 hour weeks. Uh, <laughs> and on the weekends, like you, so you don't have much time to see friends. But on the weekends, you're so tired and your feet are sore because you're running around. You're always on your feet as a mm-hmm. PA in, in production. And like I just started crushing television. I just watched <laughs> so many series. Um, and one of the ones that was Justice League. And I – and, and – there were so many episodes and it was so great. I was like, well, here are my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of superhero nerds feel that way. The serialized nature of these stories uh, is amazing. That's why I'm happy they're doing movie sequels now. And there's like a million movies in a row in right. the Boston universe. Because for me, when I was a kid, Wednesday was the only day of the week I was happy. I would just power through until it was Wednesday and it was new comic book day. And right. I was like, oh, thank God. And then Thursday morning, issues. countdown to Wednesday again. So to have like TV shows, which is the same way every week, this is just like episode. Yeah, scheduled viewing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really useful. And like when these characters are written in such a way that they're consistent, it makes me feel like they're real people. And like they are your friends you're checking in with. And- yeah. And, and I mean, especially because they're so dynamic and different, mm-hmm. you know, like and, and the different... Uh, pairings of those characters can lead to so much fun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and learning more about them they weren't just one note like a lot of superheroes sometimes feel or if you don't know too much about them on the surface it could you know you could feel like clark is a very one note character yeah if you don't spend time with him yeah Yeah. that's why i get nervous when he's in so many other books because whenever he's a guest star in something he's an atom bomb Right, and you don't really see the other stuff. Like, I think Nightwing is the only time when he pops in and he's like, "Hey, buddy, you okay?" And his <laughs> presence like isn't a danger or anything. It's just like, "Hey, I heard you're having a bad time. You want to go play catch on the moon?" Or like that with that character, he sort of has a, a father figure aspect. And I don't think with anybody else, he does. Like, it's always a problem if you see Superman coming for you. Like, if he's in your city, either there's a giant threat from outside of the Earth, or he's the threat. Right. I hate that stuff. I like him by himself a lot. I love Superman stories that are like where he's the only hero in the world and, and he's like a, just the more importance that way I feel too. Like if I could call a list of 10 guys to save me, it's not as impactful as the only person who can save me in the situation is Clark Kent and thank God there he is. Like yeah. there's some I mean, emotion he's, there. He's probably the only person like that could save anybody in any situation mm-hmm. because he's not as fast as flash but um but you know close enough yeah (laughs) well that's a good point because whenever he's in the justice league you have to tone him down like if the flash is in the room with him then suddenly he's slower if batman's in the room suddenly he's dumber if one woman is in the room suddenly he's not a great strategist he's not as compassionate like you have to take qualities away from him and give them to other characters and when he's alone he's perfect and he's great and he's infinitely more interesting to me yeah like he builds robots how is he not a better detective than batman <laughs> there's also that weird power dynamic because he's sort of the leader yeah you know in the justice league and it's like he's because of that role i feel like he uh exudes a different temperament because mm-hmm. he's around all the other heroes yeah sure sure he's like firing on his on his a game he can't yeah. just like sigh about like how like oh this is no, gonna be a hard day be, like, he's gotta always be on and just in charge in charge and, mm-hmm. and I, confident about his decisions yeah yeah and, and that's you, why your batman is kind of like a are you sure i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's the best move there clark yeah yeah he kind of tempers him down but it's behind closed doors right not in front of the other leaguers yeah, yeah. unless it's a like a intense moment one like, of the throwdowns yeah sure sure Speaking of throwdowns, uh, Steve and I have a fight club scheduled for right now, so we're going to go get shirtless and grease up real fast. Hell yeah. And when we get back, we'll talk more about children's cartoons. 
And we're back. So for the second half of this podcast, I really wanted to talk about, you know, it's the last days of Meltdown we were talking about. Uh, you and I met here. You had Harmontown here for years. Years, yeah. What are your thoughts on Meltdown closing? Do you have any? I, any... It's, a, it's, a, it's a bummer. I think maybe I grieved its closing when we first got the news like a year ago that it was closing. And that's why... We eventually we had a move. We moved Harmontown out of out of Meltdown because yeah. we thought it was imminently closing. Yeah. But they uh, after we had moved, they had found out something like the, the deal was going to take a little longer. They they bought themselves an extra year. Mm-hmm. Um. So it it died a slow death, like a cancer patient or something. And when you knew that, no one else knew it. Like like oh. customers didn't know. Oh. There was okay. no announcement. Like it just came out. I see. Yeah. yeah so behind the knew. scenes, yeah. you had information. So was that. But I think we may have mentioned it on Harmontown or something. Everybody knew that things weren't great. Like there were signs up that were like, "Everything's thirty percent off." Yeah, it, I mean, it's it it, it it was, it wasn't the it wasn't bad business. It was yeah. just a, a wealthy guy came in, I think, and just bought out Lex Luthor. I'm suspecting, <laughs> frankly. I don't know what they're. I, I I think the rumor that was that they're turning this into like an apartment complex. Yeah, there was actually art online like showing the. The plans for that, and like the same thing is scheduled for Amoeba Com- or Amoeba Records too. The same, no. That's going to be like a high rise. Like all these these places that people want to build homes at are high value because things like Meltdown and Amoeba are there. And if you take them away and build apartments, no one will live there because the things that they would live there to go visit I'm aren't so, there anymore. Yeah, I'm so curious about because like when I first moved here, mm-hmm. it was I mean vastly different in terms of the the buildings that were like in Hollywood mm-hmm. or in West Hollywood. Um, sorry if you're not an Angelino and we're talking about <laughs> buildings in Los Angeles. Um, but like on La Brea alone, mm-hmm. uh, if you go just south from from Hollywood, like all those fancy new apartment complexes on Santa Monica, yeah, like yeah. just like, are people living there? There are so many new places, like, and they're so much more expensive than the other regular apartment buildings. Yeah. There was an article out recently that was talking about just empty apartments or people that want to have like a cool address. They just like buy... Like like a really cool condo, and they're like, "Well, I did it. I nailed it." And they have like three homes, and like it's it's just huh. this like There's I live in LA property, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty pretty horrible. W- were you like a comic customer? Did you buy comics here? I know you're more of a TV guy. I oh, I I think I I mean I definitely have bought comics here, mm-hmm. but I, we I'm just Dan gets so much stuff. Oh sure, sure. and so I tend to. If, if someone's like if I'm if someone's offering him something, usually I'm like in the sha- in his shadow, and they're like, <laughs> "Do you want you want a, a graphic novel too, or something?" You know, and so I, that's so funny. I called you the Jimmy Olsen of Starburns earlier. Are you familiar with that character? Have you read a lot of Jimmy Olsen stuff? I I mean I know enough about Jimmy Olsen. Do you know that eventually he takes over the Daily Planet and he's like king shit of Dick Mountain? He like he's he's like the most popular. I, I didn't know that. So that's that. That's what I meant with that too. I think that everyone sees that you're a very like talented person. Uh, you have really great Thanks. interpersonal relationship skills, and like some people at Starburns don't, even though they're like really good, talented <laughs> people. Like you're you're a guy who's very smart and educated in the industry, and then also like a good, decent human being. And you don't get all three of those things at the same time. Thank you. That's very nice. So Thank I'm you. excited to watch you grow it's cool that variety was like you're one of the top 10 assistants to watch like that's <laughs> that was exciting to see you get acknowledgement through that way and yeah all the jokes about hollywood steve like those come from a place of like everyone knows you're going to be giant i don't know well, I, I, I thank do. you thank you yeah. I, I i i hope that i have a successful career i feel like i'm successful now like if i yeah if i change career paths i'd be proud of the work that i did and the people i got to work with and everything that i've I've gotten this far. You should, man. Harmontown was a big part of a lot of people's lives. Like I've Kenzie and I met from that. Uh like a lot of people have like developed very strong relationships and like just felt more at home in LA because of Harmontown and like you're a big part of that as a producer for that show. Like you made people feel welcome in the city and I'm so sad. I was sad to see it leave from Meltdown, but it's cool that it has a new home yeah. at Starburns. It was I mean yeah, I mean it's it's amazing to be a part of it and see it every week to week to see you know all the people that come in uh, to the show and and is it you know they're they're regulars and then they all become friends and mm-hmm. we talk about this before is so like there's different classes of, of people <laughs> not like hierarchical well, like graduating or, or, classes yeah like graduating yeah, classes yeah. like um, yeah like between 2012 and 2014 you could see the, you know this group of people and and and, and Dan and Spencer and 
can rattle names off too because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. they became just as much a part of the show as uh, as any you know as anybody else and yeah yeah well um, i started as being a fan of dan and then like became a co-worker like it's, it's such a weird yeah. open community that you guys created that's i mean dan is so generous and such a genuine guy mm-hmm. he, he's brilliant and um he, he's a good person and i mean you know, that's like Spencer, you know, member of the Armantown audience. I love Spencer, now yeah, yeah. Running shows. Yeah, um, yeah. Also executive producing stuff, like, yeah, like yeah. Harmon Quest. He's just, yeah. He, Dan's, it speaks to Dan, too, that he's yeah. able to mentor you guys so well. Like, he's not just obsessed with himself like a lot of Hollywood folks are. Like, right. He, he's very into the idea of mentoring young heroes <laughs> he <laughs> like is, you and yeah. Spencer and getting you guys to the same place and sharing that, that, that fame and, like, it's that's really impressive to me more than anything more than any tv show he's created or any like one-liner he's written like his developing of the people around him is very exciting yeah and it's it goes i mean so much farther beyond spencer and i Mm -hmm. like he i mean i don't know if anyone's clocking this but marvel you know like they've pretty much poached all of the old community talent for all of their (laughs) their cinematic universe which is amazing even for stuff like scoring like ludwig yeah like ludwig yeah who's our, our our uh, composer on Community. And yeah. wrote beats for Childish Gambino, which right. was Donald, which came out of Community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing to see that graduating class of yeah. Community and then, going and, off. I mean, if you go back far enough, I mean, it's always been a part of Dan's DNA to foster a community. And, you know, I think that's how that show even, like, came to be is just the idea, like, that he loves bringing people together. Um, even though he's not the most social person. But that's where you come in, right? You're sort of the <laughs> surrogate. And I want to make sure that like you get props for being part of that community building. And like even like taking meetings at Starburns, you're always like you know everyone's name and you treat everyone equally. And like it's very <laughs> obvious that you're like the uh, the social aspect of that company, the social arm of the company. <laughs> yeah. I well thank you. That's that's really nice. I, I try to try to keep it as a, a positive uh working environment we're we're a little family and i don't want anyone to feel like less important or like you know i just want to get a feedback from everybody to make sure that they're enjoying it's very superman of you as I long as they're that. they're working hard um <laughs> yeah i mean so but dan started channel 101 and oh sure and and so many people those are just people who like you and i were just trying to make it in LA, you know, some were struggling, some were better off than others, but it was just a community of people who wanted to make fun stuff, funny stuff. Um, so he and Shrob started one-on-one and then so many people came out of that, that community yeah, yeah, yeah. who are like triple like, a talent now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Channel 101, real fast for listeners, is like this showcase where you can make content and have it viewed in front of a, a live studio audience. And they vote, and, yeah. yeah, they vote to see which shows should get picked up to series. Um, and they so also they, have canceling ability. Yeah, so if you're voted highly, you get to make another one. Right. You it's keep like going until... Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're... Yeah, they, um, they, they've been doing it... Well, Dan and Rob aren't a part of it anymore, but they've passed the torch and it's still alive and thriving. I highly recommend it to anybody who moves to LA that wants to work in any facet in the business <laughs> just to um, check out Channel 101 and meet a great group of people who are all working toward making funny stuff <laughs> yeah and if you're, if you're morning meltdown which you are because you're listening to this like checking out channel 101 or going to Harmontown when it's back up at the starburns castle those this communities still exist in la it's it's not the buildings that we enjoy right it's the people yeah the, the people, people make the place around. yeah and and for sure just find your tribe and don't feel embarrassed uh if you're meeting and you're not at a comic store if you want to ask people to go have coffee go have coffee you know like i find with nerd communities we often like need excuses to hang out like we need to be playing D or magic or recording a podcast yeah, or making because, a movie because like it's like i don't know maybe it comes down to like social awkwardness yeah, or yeah, something like absolutely what are we gonna do? You know, we gotta yeah. be doing. We can't just be sitting. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> let's build a chair. We need some excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but meltdown was definitely one of those places, and it it was unparalleled, really. Like the the way this yeah. place came to be, and all the talent that has come through um, to to do shows and and stand up and stuff. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's our version of like the Warhol factory. It's just all these weirdos hanging out and making things happen because they're around other weirdos and like very clearly not financially focused. Like no, just no, making no. a community and a scene. Yeah, not at all financially focused for the talent that did their shows here mm-hmm. or even the theater itself. The tickets were so cheap. Yeah. Um, it was a cool place for comedians and and just anybody who wanted to test material or do an art showcase or any, like any, just to yeah the 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 meltdown TV show came out of this with Kamal and Emily who yeah, then went Jonah, on to make yeah. the big sick and like get like Oscar nominated and yeah stuff. And the reason we were here is because of Emily she was like you guys should do a podcast at, at meltdown yeah she's pretty amazing yeah she should get props as part of meltdown history for sure oh yeah it would it it wouldn't be what it is without her I don't there's so many like tendrils of this place I taught a writing class here and then like kids who took that class went on to create comics and web comics and I get to see that now and see them at comic cons yeah it's awesome it just created so many things exist because of this community I'm like fearful of the future it makes me really nervous I hope that uh there won't be there'll never be a replacement for meltdown it'll be like 19 other locations will have like one small aspect of what meltdown did and I yeah, we can only hope that there's another meltdown community, like either on the comedy side or the comic side or both. Like, mm-hmm. it's just tough these days. Amazon's <sighs> running everybody out of yeah. town, <laughs> especially for comics, man. Like, comedy is sort of easy because there's low overhead. It's just like a guy walks up with a microphone. Yeah, but to have a comic book store, like physical media. It's really difficult. Like as we're talking, there's a bunch of kids set up outside the the recording studio playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right, and like. They already bought their D&D books four years ago. They already bought their dice. So they're just coming and having a great time. Yeah, this place was a home for gaming, too. Yeah. There was always, like, an old Nintendo or something set up in the back. For free. And you could just sit there and play. Yeah. So that community lounge aspect uh, is necessary to create art, uh, but it's not financially stable. Like like I was saying with D&D, like, they're not paying to play or anything. So, like, how do you, in a world where rent is so high like how do you make this place again it will it will never happen again right yeah i don't know it's it'll it'll be tough we were blessed to to live at the same time i guess yeah we're just doing we're just honoring it yeah yeah man i'm feeling real emotional usually this podcast is just like talking about nitty-gritty nerdy (laughs) stuff of who inked a panel this is like really hard for me to be in this place and i'm happy to share it with you because you you. created content here (laughs) yeah i haven't been here in a year so it's weird to be back you know it was such a staple of my life every week i'd be here at least once for harmontown and a lot of times we did other podcasts here up in in the nerdist booth Mm -hmm. or uh we did signings and uh, we stored a lot of our equipment here so uh, you know we were always back and forth and i I live right around here so it's very easy yeah yeah. um i i it was you know like walking over here uh, just like man uh, i haven't been here in a while this yeah. is like oh, i remember those times my my memory i feel something yeah yeah i'm not a <laughs> yeah. i'm not i'm not as apathetic as i thought i was <laughs> I'm, I'm a human being i'm a human being yeah i remember i did a podcast here do you ever do uh the gill mutant season podcast no it's really fun uh it was one of the store owners his kid when he was 11 years old started a podcast cool. and, and he was an interviewing adults whose job he might want to have when he was an adult and he was 11 and then i just saw like recently i'm friends with his mom on facebook and he's going to prom and i'm like oh man like that kid is still like <laughs> knee high in my head i'm like that's so weird to getting older and things dying around you yeah oh man we're, yeah. we're getting older yeah it's the worst but superman will f- forever be like 31 that guy will always be the same age so yeah that's nice. unless you read um <laughs> <laughs> yeah a uh, kingdom come kingdom or, come yeah 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 it's weird man comic books yeah do you read anything weekly i don't do you read anything what i read i read weekly are scripts for work (laughs) what's the last comic you read or graphic novel or whatever uh that's tough um it can be (laughs) yeah it's hard because you're working in entertainment right so the difficult thing is that you don't have time for your own entertainment yeah what was the last I, I i honestly don't know i i mean i have um saga sitting on my nightstand and go to uh, staples and brian k vaughn yeah i i, I haven't gotten to it yet <laughs> you'll like a, it mike mcmahon gave it to me as a gift he was like you're gonna love this that was like three years ago <laughs> well, when you read it we'll start our own saga podcast okay we'll put on uh, cool. starburns audio um I feel like I reread Identity Crisis. Oh, cool! For some reason, yeah. Um, we were like 
in the car one time with Dan going we were to something the shit about and it. talking about it. In yeah, crisis. how how insane <laughs> that book is, uh, and and you blew his mind because he had never heard about that before. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. <laughs> Yeah, and he he's brought it up since then. <laughs> My Just, favorite thing is doing that, like doing the old like campfire story version of comics. Like you've got to read this, and here's the pitch for it. And yeah, having people who like Dan Harmon is my favorite writer in the world. So it, like having him react to me talking about a story is just me like I'm my, my happy place. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's incredible because <laughs> he gets so excited about certain things you just can't can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why comics are great in general, because it's like Meltdown. Like, how did this happen? As in any crisis, who greenlit that pitch? How did those yeah, things happen? Insane. Meltdown, how did this store become this the way that it is? Like, the world's magical. Anybody can do anything. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if you build it, they'll come. Is, is it yeah, like, yeah. Maybe. So I, I'm trying to be inspired by the closing of Meltdown and trying to, like, think about what I can do to build a community and to build this culture and stuff. What are your goals for the future career-wise, Steve? Because you're, you're killing it as, as a producer and assistant, but you have, like, directorial aspirations you said too i well i did when i first moved out here i I got to where i am by not pigeonholing myself to to like i gotta be a director and i gotta only accept directing jobs you know there's a lot of people that i that i know um who are just like i gotta be an editor i gotta be a writer um and will only like take jobs based on what they think will help them get to where they need to be but the truth is like just take any job in entertainment if you can get it Mm -hmm. and work and you meet people and like you never know who you're going to meet and what skills you're going to learn in order to help you get to the next thing. Um, and while you're doing those jobs, look, at least it's an entertainment and not something outside of th- that business. Yeah. Um, you could still be honing your craft at home on the weekends, at nights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about hustling. You just got to work really hard. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because we actually we had a meeting uh, that you were part of. I remember Dan was like, this is my assistant. But actually, no, that's way smaller than what he is. This this guy, this is just Steve. Fuck it, it's Steve. And like, I like that he saw you as this like big giant entity. It's not just one role, like you were saying. It's hard to say what you do because you do more than one thing. Yeah, and I, I wear so many hats in my job, and I don't think I'd be able to do it or Dan would have fired me early on had I not had the experience of being like the key PA on iCarly or – you know, working at, at Bruckheimer, doing a million th- different things. Did you have home entertainment console experience on your resume? Yeah, <laughs> did I you did. Really? <laughs> yeah, from that one job when I got out of the business, yeah, I, I for sure I had it had it listed. That's really interesting because I have some comics that I've written that I don't put on my resume when I'm pitching for jobs and stuff because I'm like, I don't know if I should list that, but that's probably yeah, dumb. Yeah, I just ha- had my, like, all my um, – related working stuff in my here are the past jobs i've had and then i think under skills i had home electronic experience <laughs> and i remember going to starburns <laughs> so cool for my so i had my first interview was with his old assistant and daniela and then the second one she brought me in and it was she and dan interviewing me and it was about 10 minutes long dan just talked for 10 minutes didn't ask me a single question <laughs> and he was like all right it was good meeting you oh no and then i was like I walked out of that place. I called my mom, maybe, and was like, "I definitely didn't get this job because <laughs> he didn't ask me a question." Because that's the thing; it's like, Dan's so different from everybody else. But like the thing that they p- try to prepare you for in interviews is like being able to respond to questions pr- well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't ask me a single one, which made me think, like, "Oh, this guy's not interested in me." <laughs> you know, only if they're asking questions to get to know you better are they. But yeah. Dan is just so different from <laughs> from you know your regular corporate or you know whoever's yeah yeah he told a story people. on harmontown one time where he was like just like laying in bed and asking you if he was a good person or something like is, is that how accurate is that kind of <laughs> that probably happened for sure <laughs> um, like steve come in the room steve am i a good person i don't know he, i mean he probably was in bed texting me it's so funny um <laughs> yeah it, he's He's great. But then, yeah, then a week or two later, I found out I got the job, and I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's wonderful. I like that in your in your variety write-up, you had this thing where you're like, I, it's a very demanding job, and I get to do a lot of stuff, and I, have to, and I still make time for Dan to play Minecraft. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, I can't take credit for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- I'd love to. Because I, I was trying to think of a f- something funny to say, and then I think it was McMahon who was like, uh, who read my thing. It was like, it, it the joke is making time for him to play Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's like could throw it to a room, though. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, look, I work with the best writers. <laughs> yeah, brag about it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. 
um, including you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to get my, my, foot, my foot in the door at Starburns, doing little projects, comics and that's, stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's how it starts. Even, I mean, you've done it already. Yeah. You made a book. and It's pretty fun. Yeah. So after this podcast, I'm going to kill myself. So we're just drawing it out a little bit more. I got <laughs> he's big, not, hot plans. He's not. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to hang Dan would with say, if anybody's kid. having suicidal tendencies, call the, the hotline. <laughs> uh, trust things are good. Uh, yeah, it's just comics. Um, I'm hoping that'll be rebooted, though. I'm going to kill myself and then come back with a mullet in a black costume <laughs> and then reboot the podcast. And it'll be amazing. Who's going to be your steal? Oh, man. Uh, NT. Because we'll keep oh, it Harmontown. Hell yeah. Yeah. He'd be a good steal. <laughs> I, I bought that in VHS from Amiibo. I hope of, somebody like, texts him media. after hearing this and is like, dude, you would be a good steal. <laughs> yeah, I hope he gets the job. That'd be amazing. Like on the WB. He's like a young hot guy. He could be a steal on the WB. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. We should at least make is he like an a actor? fan pilot. He should be. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume he is because he dresses so well. Yeah. Like he's always in like suits and stuff on Instagram. Like all my other friends are in t-shirts. So he has to be an actor. Anybody that has like decent teeth i feel like as an actor in la i just assume like any uber driver i'm like you're 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 trying yeah yeah you're you're trying to get out there <laughs> yeah. if you enunciate too well i just assume you're an actor that makes sense i hate non-mumbling people they're the worst worst all right well this podcast has been awesome steve super sad and super great i'm happy that you're on the last one thank you yeah so uh do you want to pimp your social media stuff where are you if people want to talk to you about iCarly uh <laughs> and i want to if you want to slide into my dms yeah. as they say yeah. uh, i think i'm at s levy 79 on both twitter and instagram cool, cool yeah cool. any upcoming projects you want to promote or anything uh just gregory graves gregory oh yeah for sure gregory graves yeah, May 5th. Um, and, yeah and free comic book day you can get a, a taste of that first yeah. issue yeah at any comic book store yeah in the dang world um I uh, we have this little show. Uh, it'll eventually be back on the air uh, called Rick and Morty. You, you might should, have heard of it. You should yeah, you should check it out if you haven't heard of it. Uh, if you have heard of it and haven't watched it, it's it's it will uh, melt your brain. It's hilarious. Um, and then for those who are fans, um, keep you know it. It always gets better, and uh, it'll be back. Give soon, us like three spoilers eventually. so I can promote this. <laughs> Three yeah. spoilers. Yeah, yeah. give us like three. Yeah, uh, uh, Rick is gonna have. Well, give us two fake ones and one real one, and don't say what they are. Well, okay. I mean, we're not. Here we go. Do it, uh, Steve. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> he's at gunpoint right now. Do it. Rick is gonna have a mental mental breakdown and shave his head. Okay, a meltdown, if you will. A meltdown. Yes. Hashtag sadness. All right. Okay. Second one. Morty uh, decides he's gonna grow a mustache. All it's right. only hair These based. Hair related. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um Summer <laughs> Summer uh becomes a stylist. That's the true one. That's the true one. Confirmed here. You heard it, everybody. <laughs> All right, bye BuzzFeed. Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel.